Hello, and welcome back to Free Indeed. Today we are in John chapter 6. We took Sunday off, um, partly because I still don't have a microphone, but the other reason is because it's nice to take a Sunday off. So we're back today in John chapter 6. If you haven't listened so far, go back and listened, listen. And um, because this is a story, um, unlike a lot of the Psalms that might be in different orders or kind of separate from each other, John is one story, the story of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. So uh, let's do this. John chapter 6. After this, Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee, and a huge crowd was following him, because they saw the signs that he was performing on the sick. So Jesus went up a mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, a Jewish festival, was near. Therefore, when Jesus looked up and noticed a huge crowd coming toward him, he asked Philip, Where will we buy bread so that these people can eat? He asked this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered, Two hundred denarii worth of bread wouldn't be enough for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Then Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, so they sat down. The men numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, and over, and after giving thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, and also with the fish as much as they wanted. When they were full, he told his disciples, Collect the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they collected them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces from the five barley loaves that were left over by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This really is the prophet who has come to, into this world. Who is to come into this world. Therefore, when Jesus knew that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started to cross the sea to Capernaum. Darkness was already set in, but Jesus had not yet come to them. Then a high wind arose, and the sea began to churn. After they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea. He was coming near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, It is I. Don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him on board, and at once the boat was at the shore where they were heading. The next day the crowd they had stayed, that had stayed on the other side of the sea knew there had been only one boat. They also knew that Jesus had not boarded the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone off alone. Some boats from Tiberias came near the place where they ate the bread after the Lord gave thanks. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I assure you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts eternal life, for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal of approval on him. What can we do to approve the works of God, to perform the works of God, they asked. Jesus replied, this is the work of God, that you believe in the one he has sent. What sign then are you going to do so that we may see and believe you, they asked. What are you going to perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, just as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I assure you, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven, but my father gives you the real bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives his life to the world. Then they said, Sir, give us this bread always. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. 
No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. But as I have told you, you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. Everyone the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose none of those he has given me, but should raise them up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Therefore the Jews started complaining about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, Isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Stop complaining among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has listened to and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. I assure you, anyone who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that anyone may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. At that the Jews argued among themselves, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, I assure you, unless you eat the, the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, and you do not have life in yourselves. You do not have life in yourselves. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Because my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It is not like the manna your fathers ate and they died. The one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Therefore, when many of his disciples heard this, they said, This teaching is hard. Who can accept it? Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were complaining about this, asked them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to observe the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? The Spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, are, 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 are spirit and are life. But there are some among you who don't believe. He said, "This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by the Father." From that moment, many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied him. Therefore, Jesus said to the twelve, "You don't want to go away too, do you?" Simon Peter answered, "Lord, who will we go to?" You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus replied to them, Didn't I choose you, the twelve? Yet one of you is the devil. He was referring to Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, one of the twelve, because he was going to betray him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for sending your son, the bread of life, who fulfills the Old Testament comes to be the true bread of life that never that never leaves us hungry or unsatisfied. Father, that you fill us up 
And, and, and Father, we bring to you all of our insecurities, all of our, our sin and brokenness, our shame. Father, we bring to you our, our, what we've tried to fill up ourselves with. We've tried to use um, the, the, the bread of this world, the things of this world to, to satisfy us, to fill us. But Father, they're ultimately, they can't fill the void that only you can. A God-sized hole in our hearts can't be filled with money or, or whatever, uh, the things of this world. Father, we need you to fill us. Only you can. Only you can satisfy our souls. So God, we look to you. We draw close to you. Father, we bring our hearts to you, not just our words, not just our religion. God, we bring our hearts to you. And you say that you'll draw near to us and we draw near to you. So we seek you, we come to you, Father, asking for more of your spirit in our hearts, asking for more of you to invade us, Father. Reconstruct us, tear down what is what is broken and evil, what is flesh, what is our flesh and what, what our desires are if they are apart from you, Father. We want only what you have. We seek you. We seek your face. We seek your face before we seek your hand. God, we, we don't just want what you can maybe bring to us. We, we just seek you for your love, for your justice, for, for who you are. We love you for who you are, Father. We praise you for who you are. You're the God who created the mountains and the seas the stars in the sky, the sun and the moon. You put everything in place. You gave this world order and beauty. And you decided to make us too. You give us life. You give us breath in our lungs. That, that this breath is symbolic almost because we can't see this breath, but we need it in order to live. It's essential. This oxygen is essential for our life and so are you father you're the void in it and even when we we can't maybe see your face we can see the works of your hands and that you are good and that you are majestic and so creative so we can see you in everywhere we look if we just fix our eyes on your character and who you are you're everywhere around us and you're with us and you're in us and Father, we need you to survive just as we need oxygen. Even more so than oxygen, we need you. So we draw to you. We ask for you to fill us up. You're the bread of life. You came to give yourself, not to be given, not to sit on a throne, not to, to um, indulge, but you came to pour yourself out. You came to give everything that we might have eternal life. Thank you. You didn't have to do that, but just because it's who you are, your nature, your lovingness is who you are. It's essential. It's integral to your character. And we thank you for that, Father, for who you are, who Jesus is, who God is, three in one, fully loving, fully just, fully powerful all powerful and all knowing we thank you father we love you we worship you you are so worthy of praise in every moment in every season of our lives when we feel like it and we don't you are still worthy father you're still good you're still good
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This morning I was reading in I was reading Habakkuk, um, the minor prophet, the the book of Habakkuk, kind of a tricky name. And I was reading chapter three, verse seventeen and eighteen, which is one of my favorite verses of the whole Bible. And it says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there is no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fruit fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will triumph in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. This is a declaration that we have when we have the bread of life, when we have Jesus in our lives, we don't have to have fruit on the vines. And the fig tree doesn't have to bud. And we don't have to have sheep in the pen or cattle in the stalls. We don't have to have a giant bank account with many zeros. We don't have to have cars and cars. We don't have to have an expensive fancy home or a second expensive fancy home or a third or a boat or anything like that. We don't have to have, we don't have, to have a beautiful wife. We don't need anything. All we have is God. We have enough. Now, there's nothing wrong inherently with cars. There's nothing wrong inherently with houses or wives. Definitely nothing wrong with having a spouse. That's not what I'm trying to say. But what I'm trying to say is this peace that we have in the fulfillment and the satisfaction of the bread of life, of the well that never runs dry, the living water, Jesus who came to give himself and die for us is not circumstantial. It's a foundation that never falls or fails, that can't be shaken. And that's what's been freely given to us. All we have to do is just receive it. So go, be free, recognize the love of Christ that has been poured out for you and how he can fill you up, how he wants and desires to fill up your heart, to be in you and you in him. Go, be free today and show others, live it out, be the hands and feet, show others the freedom that's found in Jesus today. And may the shalom, the peace, the fullness of God be with you today. Amen.